It's the TNC podcast and it's live. Uh, welcome back everyone to the TNC podcast. Jack Reeve, Chris Reeve to guide you through things for probably the next hour or so on this rather delicious Monday evening. Uh, Norwich City, I think have won just once in their last five games, but I can assure you, you will leave this podcast feeling better than when you arrived. Chris, how are you? That's a bold statement to come out with straight away jack i'm not sure we can can i just can i just put a disclaimer on that we cannot guarantee that in any way that you will leave i can i can guarantee we will try well i will certainly oh good are you feeling are you feeling pretty optimistic then jack you know what i I we went obviously we we went yeah i think so we went to watford on um i'm feeling very good about things at the moment which is strange because i'm off to the pessimist between us I thoroughly enjoyed Saturday, thoroughly enjoyed it. And that yeah. enthusiasm and optimism has uh, carried through to uh, to Monday. Um, yeah. So, okay. it, And you know what? How can you possibly be down when you've got the likes of It's Me, James E, Joel Spillman and Elliot Pearson in the comments? Yeah. And why, and why can't you feel perky when you're uh, gnawing some mixed... Cho- I think there's a... It seemingly sounds like I don't know if you can hear that. It sounds like some, I can. some dog, dogs are attacking each other outside my house currently. Um, anyway, nor 15% off. That's the point. These mixed buttons are addictive. I don't know if you can see in here. I'm going to attempt. I, to I, I can say that that is definite fair trading because you gave me a packet last Monday and they were gone by the time I reached the roundabout acre. And just take a look inside my packet. Look at those mixed buttons. Absolutely mm. glorious. Anyway, um, right. Basically, um, it's not looking ideal for Norwich City right now, is it, Jack? <laughs> well, you say that, but I think we're third, are we? Or we're, we're, we're fourth? Yeah, well, we're certainly in the well, top six. Well, this is it, isn't it? And it's one of those things where... because We're third. How can you say it's not looking good when we're third in the table, Chris? No, it's in our, our latest form. However, I felt the need to just pump some positivity into Twitter. I think it was last night because everyone's like, oh, yeah, we've not we've not won in X or we've been shite for X. But we are still only one point off the top. And if we... And I know it's an if, but if we beat Luton at home, um, then we're back in the room again. And... I think it was I think it was Ben Gibson once said this to me. He's relentlessly positive. And he said to me, I think it was last season in the Prem, he was like, um, one win changes everything. <laughs> Has he even said anything yet, Ben? Um, anyway, my point is there, Jack, is one win changes everything in terms of the feeling, in terms of the optimism, sometimes in terms of the tactics. And you never know. It might be a big win on Tuesday, on tomorrow night. Games coming thick and fast now, and things could change. Who knows? It, it, I just it's what, yeah. What's the story to keep going, Jack? What's the point in going to Car Road, miserable as sin? Like I've seen tweets today saying, "Oh, it's a chore. I can't be bothered." Well, well, come on, like we mm. we are only one point off the top. I know it's not looking great, but come on. I saw a tweet today. I think it was from. A, a newspaper or something that said the championship is remarkable. The fact that Burnley are now top and they've won six games from a possible 14. I mean, it's balmy because you've probably got a lot of Burnley fans who are now top uh, and Sheffield United fans as well, who've won less than half of their games. And they're mm. probably quite down about how they've been playing, but they're now top. It's, it's, it's fine margins in this game. And look, if Grant Hanley would have scored that chance on Saturday uh, and we've got a penalty when Josh Sargent should have done, you walk away having one away at Watford and, and it's happy days. 
Hanley with two chances, Jack. Don't forget he got his skull on the end of a of a corner kick as well. I just so look, Jack, there's lots to talk about. We've got quite quite a busy agenda. We're gonna be talking about individual players. We're gonna be talking about the, the Watford performance as a whole, Jack. I really want to make sure that we discuss our lineups for Luton. So I'm fascinated to hear the Norwich fans. Get your lineups in the comment section. Um, not now, but get get them in there a little bit later on, and we'll pull up as many as possible. And um, we've got to talk about Weber, Weber to Chelsea, Jack. We're going to talk about that tonight. Just a quick one. I just wanted to say for the 150 people that are joining us right now, um, do get involved. And um, if you are going to be here for the duration live or you're watching back, do give us a tweet at Talk Norwich City. Share our latest tweet and get as many Norwich fans in the room as possible. And let's all um. Let's all try and get positive together. This is like a counselling session, isn't it? <laughs> it? Yeah, it is. It's, it Come on, been let's get it all out. Let's get it all out. Um, so let's start with Watford because that's yes. what everyone, you know, it's fresh on everybody's mind. It was it was a big game. I know Watford were, were 14th or whatever they were, the 17th, I think they were, before going into that game. We were obviously there, Chris. It was our first away game of the season. So for once, we've got full scope over the feeling amongst the players. Uh, what went on, we could see the whole pitch, etc. What were your feelings walking out of, of Vicarage Road? Obviously, I know, because I was with you, but for, for those watching along. Do you know what I find fascinating and what I've sort of what I've sort of got a new viewpoint on, well, a, a, renew, a renewed viewpoint on, is that the, the feeling in the away end, in my opinion, Jack, was actually one of, we're going to get behind them, you know, and mm. that I, I think that the fans were, as a whole, fully behind Dean Smith and, and this this squad of players. And obviously there was grizzles and gripes at the final whistle, but even then still, you know, massive round of applause from, from the Yellow Army. Um, Norwich players right over. And um, look, we win together, we lose together. And I think it seems to me, Jack, that there's just like, a lot of people are moaning on social media and then people are copying each other's moans. And then that's almost becoming a thing to talk about. Like I've seen, there's a, there's a, I'm not going to, I'm not, there is a couple of comments on here already where I'm like, I oh, just completely disagree. Like things are being blown out of proportion massively. I agree that it's not glamorous right now, but it's nowhere near as bad as it could be. And considering how many of these players that we kept from our relegation campaign last season, um, I, I think that we're doing everything that we can. And I know that that's not good enough right now, but I do think it will click. And um, I really, really do. So my observations from Watford, Jack, is I, yes, I came away from it grizzling and griping myself, as you know, all the way back in the car. But it was really down to individual mistakes, um, you know, Sam and Max venturing up and leaving space behind or getting beaten too easily. Um, you know, Hanley missing a glorious chance as well. There, there's so many, you know, uh, Josh Sargent, who actually I thought was superb, but did have an opportunity again to cut it across the team as well. And so I I do think it's fine margins. I don't think it's like the end of the world. Like everyone's like, not everyone. There are a few people that are like adamant that their minds are made up on Smith. But my question is, well, who do you get in to replace him now? And I, I feel even I'm annoyed that I've even brought that up because I just. Well, it, it, it's a nice segue to Ryan Thompson. Thanks for the super chat. He says, even guys, for those watch, for those wanting Dean Smith gone, who do you replace him with? I think it's far too early to get rid. Well, Ryan, I, I would agree. I, I'm very much in the, the Smith fan club. I, I like Dean Smith. I like what he's about. Um, 
I do. Oh, to be fair, I am always slightly hesitant when people bring up the argument like, oh, who do you bring in? Because that was my frustration when I wanted Farkas act. People keep saying, oh, well, who do you bring in? Well, it's like, that's not my job, nor is it any of our jobs to do that. That's for Stuart Webber um, and mm. co. But I would genuinely be interested for those wanting Smith out. I think those that uh, that have that opinion are more than welcome to it. And, uh, and I think I agree with some of those points raised. Um, mm. But who would you bring in? I think that's a, a, a good point and, and one that we can um, look at. Chris, I, 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 finally, you've 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 brought me down to your level with pessimism, um, because often I've said this season I genuinely believe that um, our defense is is one of the best in the division. Um, and I think on paper that was true. Might might not be anymore. Nonsense. I was incredibly it was incredibly disappointed with with what I what I saw on, on Saturday, particularly from from Max Aarons, who I thought form has 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 really dropped in the last month. Uh yeah maybe that's a bit strong Jack. I don't think it's really dropped, but it has dropped. Um and but 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 I don't want to you know I don't want to put the magnifying glass on on Max too much because I think there's there's a number of factors as to why that is. Um, uh, for, for example, our, our midfield was at was completely missing in the first half against against Watford, and you know I, I and I always say I personally as a football fan myself, Jack, I put so much more onerous and um, and uh, emphasis on our forward line and our attacking players to score more goals than we concede because ultimately. Scoring more goals is how you win games, right? So I can't, you know, if we if we concede a couple, but we win 3-2, I'm actually okay with it. As long as we win, I don't care how, just win, which I've said so many times, it's like a broken record. I was disappointed. Um, I was disappointed with Max. I was disappointed with Sam. Uh, but then I could say I was disappointed with, with Grant for missing those chances. And um, and actually, even I don't think Big Andy had a had a had a great game either um i think i think this is a good point from Susanna. He says max must be exhausted he's always playing a full 90 minutes and has been yeah, for seasons and end we rely on him <laughs> i saw my friend owen actually at the end of the game and, and i said oh what did you make of max and he was like well wasn't great but how can we expect you know a fruitful performance from someone that's literally played every game for norwich over the past four years or so um so maybe it's time for a rest and i think and, I, and i've said this for a while now i think when dimmy returns we may well see um, Max benched, um, and maybe that's what he needs. Welcome aboard to Big Bad Barry. He's here to cheer us up. Watch it. Look at that profile picture. My bath warm for me. No idea what that means, Big Bad Barry, but I'm absolutely all over it. Thanks so much for joining <laughs> us, and thanks to thanks to everyone joining us so far. But they really appreciate it. As you can tell, we're feeling a little bit pessimistic at the moment. No, no, no um, we're not. You are. I'm are. not. I feel great. I'm just a bit down on the dumps by reading what I'm reading because it's just like it's some of the stuff that's being said is mental. Like people are referring to 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 Dean Smith's football as Hewton. And the thing that always makes me giggle is like, and I'm like this, right? I'm a fan of the eye. I say what I see, and actually I don't spend a lot of time reading the facts. But when I have indulged in the facts this season, our record so far this season is, is then compared to our title win under Farker. Is that our last one? Is actually better under Dean Smith. We've had more shots on target. We've scored more goals, and so I, I don't. I think it's a very lazy assumption to say this football's as bad as Chris Hutton's. I think that's some recency bias there, and I think that 
I do think it's important Norwich City fans try their best to see see the bigger picture here. I know that's difficult as a football fan, and I'm absolutely one of them. And I'll probably get, and I'll probably think the world's going to end if we don't get a result against Luton tomorrow night. But I do think at this moment, when you go and lose away to Watford, by the way, Daniel Farker didn't win a single game against Watford in the, the entirety of his managerial career at Norwich City. So, you know, right? wow. you know, Watford's a bogey team. Yeah, we, we we played them four times. We lost four times. He's never won a game again. In fact, I think it was Chris Gorham that messaged me that earlier today as well. Um, so, look, the, the facts say this isn't as bad as what a lot of people are making out. As mm. hard as it is for us to digest, given... What we know, this is the thing, right? I think or I almost actually feel bad because we're giving Norwich fans a bit of a bad time. We, we're saying, oh, we, we're sort of, we're going against each other here. But actually, we're all on the same team. And what we're actually all agreeing on is we believe this squad can absolutely romp the league. I think so. Anyway, I think, I think people look at this squad on paper and they go, absolutely, should absolutely smash it. Think about to the start of the season, Jack. When we looked at that team on paper, we were talking about the 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 best, most prepared squad depth in the, in the league, and all of these big statements coming out. And now it's like it's at, oh we're we're rubbish and we've got no hope, and it's mid table mediocrity. And I, I don't know, I just I did feel down after Watford, and then I reviewed some of the stats, and I'm thinking all it will take is a win at home tomorrow night against Luton, and then we're back in the room again. Yeah, let's uh, let's get some optimism uh, in the in the, in the chat. Uh, Ryan, again, thanks for your super chat, my friend. He says, "Side note: How good does Hayden look?" We'll get onto that in a moment, Ryan. And uh, Twitchy Terry, I hope you're not too Twitchy Terry. Uh, says, "Positive, Gunny's an absolute baller." Chris, yeah. we must speak about Angus Gunn because yes. it, although a lot of people wanted it, it was a big call to drop Tim Krul. Yeah. I had a feeling he was going to do so. Um, mm. it, it wasn't just one game where Cruel had made errors. I think it was a, was a few. Um, but Angus Gunn comes in. It's, it's a big game for him away from home at Watford. It's on the telly. And yeah. the, neither of the goals were his fault. And he's made a penalty save. Um, impressive yes. from Angus and, and probably what we've come to expect from him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing for AG. Uh, I thought when he saved the penalty, he's on for his, his next clean sheet Nando's. Um, you know, and I, I, he absolutely there's no arguing here. He absolutely deserved a shot at um, at starting for, for for this football club again. And um, I think it's it. I think whatever you want to say about Timmy, I think he's an absolute legend. And you know, I think it was Dean Smith came out in the press. I think it was today saying that he said at the start of the season that we've got two number one goalkeepers. And again, there's this very black and white contrast infighting amongst fans potentially here, but actually. What a great position to be in, Jack. You've got Tim Krull and you've got Angus Gunn. And for me, like that's a really healthy position to be in. I'm buzzing. And do you know what, Jack? I did have this feeling that he'd saved that penalty because I got my phone out to film it. I was like, he's going to save this. He's going to save this. And what It was a lovely was... moment, wasn't it? It was a lovely it moment. It was, it was. And um, I, and I don't I don't normally do this because it's unfair, but it's pretty top line, so I'll share it. I did, um, I sent him the video of it afterwards and, and uh, he was like, it was good to be back out there, hopefully back to winning ways Tuesday. I was buzzing with the save, to be honest. So, yeah, Angus is feeling pretty happy with his save. Obviously disappointed that we didn't um, see out the game, but that, uh, 
I don't think he could have done any more, Jack. And actually, he made a couple of really good saves. Actually, there was one very early doors. I think there was another one at the back end of the first half as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm buzzing for AG. I don't, and actually, do you know what would be really interesting, Jack? And I did make, make a bit of a, maybe a bit too much of a bold um, shout on the way home from Watford. But if Angus keeps playing like that, I think it's going to be a, a, I think it's going to be tough um, for for Tim to, to muscle his way back in. I I think at some stage he will, but again, what healthy position to be in? Buzzing for Angus, um, and it's, it's you know it's good to freshen it up from time to time. It's a long old season. Squads win Absolutely. titles, not starting elevens. Absolutely. Uh, back to Ryan's point on on Isaac Hayden. I was actually going to link yeah. this in Ryan with with I think. I think with with everything in, in, in football, I think you probably have to give you, your manager up until Christmas. I guess it will be the World Cup on, on this occasion to, to really yeah. see where you're at. You'll have played enough opposition, enough different tests. I think then after this month, we can kind of see where we're at. Mm-hmm. I'm not really willing to judge this team and this manager until we've got both Isaac Hayden and, and Dimitri Anoulis back in the setup. Because I think within... 15 minutes of Isaac Hayden coming on the pitch, a, a 70%, if that operating Isaac Hayden, changed the whole complexity of that game. Mm. And I think as well as that, I am I think I'm one of Sam Byram's biggest fans. It was clear he struggled with the pace of Watford and that was always a concern. Yes. Um, you get Dimi Anoulis back in that side, you then don't have that issue. Two key areas of the pitch that we struggled with and arguably was the reason we lost against Watford in a couple of weeks, we won't have those weak links, or at least we don't hope. Now, I saw today that Dean Smith has said that Isaac Hayden won't be ready to start against Luton. I suspect he'll once again be on the bench. I think it's really important we manage his return back to football because it's clear that the, the workload, even on, on, on Saturday against Watford, was tough on his body. There was a moment of real fear when he went down after about 10 minutes clutching his knee, but he managed to play on. I think Isaac Hayden, and I might be wrong here, I think Isaac Hayden is the missing link in this team because it's clear (laughs) that the midfield is our issue here. Now, I don't mind Marcelino Nunez. I don't think he's as good as people are making out. He was poor on Saturday. We don't have that deep-lying tackler Mm. at the moment. And I think Isaac Hayden's that man. Quite a few points on that, Jack. I I agree with most of it. I disagree with some of it. Um, Do you know... (laughs) Yeah, I, I was surprised to see some of the reviews of um, of Isaac Hayden's um, p- performance against Watford on social media after the game. I thought he was excellent. I, I, I thought that we looked like a completely different team and fair fucks to Dean Smith for making the substitutions when he did. It was bold, wasn't it? Yeah, it was bold I, I bringing Hayden it. on. I, I said, look, if, if, if he genuinely wants to get points from this, he's got to make two to three subs straight away and he did it. Um, I felt that Hyde... Is, it, is that a credit to Smith or is it the fact that he maybe got the team wrong to start with? Yeah, well, 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 I, well, I think he did. And, and, and what I like about, what I really like about Dean Smith um, is that he is, um, he's very humble and he takes accountability and responsibility. Um, he's got a lot of humility about him, which Daniel Farker didn't have. And so he came out in the press today and said, look, actually, do you know what? Playing, playing Liam Gibbs and, and, you know, maybe it was the wrong thing to do. I got that wrong. And, and I like that about a manager that's honest like that. And I did think, unfortunately, Liam Gibbs, it, it was a bit too soon for him um, in terms of the physicality of Watford. But look, Hayden, I need, I need to relentlessly praise. I, and I was saying in the pod, Jack, that I was so like, 
worried about us putting all of our chips on Hayden because he's not kicked the ball for us. But, you know, that feeling that we had when we signed him of, cool, I'll tell you what, that's a hell of a signing, actually. You know, I'm actually sensing that now. Um, and I, it, do you know what, Jack? I was actually sit, I was obviously standing, standing, not sitting, I was sitting and sta- standing in the stand at Watford. And um, I was laughing to myself because Hayden was doing the job of probably three Norwich players when he came on. He was defending. He was like box to box. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong. There was a couple of wayward passes, but I felt that he was the presence that we needed. And I agree with you. Um, I'm so excited to see Dimi. We need the Emperor of Norfolk back in this side. And I think that the difference between Dimi and obviously those other lads, I think I feel like Dimi can get get up and down the pitch much better and therefore we won't get um we we, we won't get penalized for leaving big gaps and space like obviously Kieran Dowell isn't going to have that defensive positioning awareness of a de- of an actual defender which obviously he had to do to cover Grant Hanley I think it was Michael Bailey highlighted in his recent athletic article highlighted just that point so I, I actually agree with you Jack I think get those two boys back in and we're we're going to be a force to reckon with to be reckoned with. I don't think we're going to get beaten with those two boys in. That's for sure. Yeah, hopefully not. Um, Findaz says, "Evening, guys. I feel like we do this all the while, but we end up winning in the end." Love you guys. Let's keep our chins up. I hope that's not a reference to to uh, to our weight, Findaz, and instead our our, our our multiple facets of optimism. Um, Chris, I tell you what else is really good fun. And bet, mate. Um, and I tell you what's even more fun is when they do a free entry. Now, I suspect a lot of you have already got Betmate, um, but uh, we are doing a pop for the Luton game on Tuesday night. The link to either download the app or find the app is in the description below. And the details are on screen. Uh, is a £50 guaranteed payout. The good thing with Betmate is you're not playing against the bookie. We're playing against each other. So someone always wins. Now, you see there, entry is free. Uh, the pot code is FFNORLOOT. Now, that is in uh, the description. Simply download the app and enter that code to be in with a chance. Betmate is a fantasy football-type game where you pick a seven-a-side team. Um, we are doing just in the Norwich Luton game, and here is my team. So, you've got to have a mix of players. I've gone with the Luton goalkeeper, Lockyer, uh, Handy, no. Nunez, no. Sergeant, and Adebayo. But, Chris, you say no. no. Here, is my, ha, here is my theory. Will you let me speak? Here is my no. theory. No, I won't. <laughs> Unlike sort of Premier League fantasy football, keepers get m- kind of more points for making saves. Now, I think the Luton goalkeeper is going to be peppered with shots. Now, we'll score five or six, but he'll also also make about 14 saves. So that's why I'm going with that. Sargent's obviously going to score. He's the the league's top goal scorer. uh, And that's my team. Hang on a minute. You've slagged off Marcelo Nunes, you know, Mm. saying he's not as good as everyone's making out. But yet he makes your bet met team. He does. Um, and it's because so talking, I, think he's a, I think he's going to have a good game on Tuesday. Please don't slag off my betmate team because I don't think you finished above bottom five all season. <laughs> and this is why, because this is the team you're going with. Uh, talk us through it. Obviously, Angus Gunn reeks of a of a of an, of an Andos without a shadow of a doubt. And I'll be totally honest with you, not a clue who that Luton player is at the back. I just sort of stuck him in, um, you know, level it out <laughs> just in, just in case they do keep a clean sheet. Grant Hanley. He's winning headers from corners, um, which is a positive. And hopefully, finally, he can find the net if he gets another chance like that. And I tell you what, mate, I am really excited by Gabriel Sarah. I hope and I pray. 
And I know that we'll do Luton lineups in a minute. I hope and pray he starts. I think he's strong. I think he's skillful. And I actually think that he's the type of player that's not afraid to have a shot from distance, which is why I put him in as well as that. Henry Lansbury, Lansbury, former Norwich player. I've just got a funny feeling on that one. Obviously, water is wet. Josh Sargent scores goals. He starts for me. And then, uh, again, not a clue who that Luton lad is, but I've stuck him in up top. Adebayo, good player. Luton are basically um, Norwich reserves, aren't they? Henry Lansbury, Cameron Jerome, Carlton Morris. Um, I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, You have to be 18 or over to play Betmate. Uh, As we say, this pot is free to enter this week and you can download the app in the description. Can I just say to the people that haven't actually tried bet, mate, right? I am a proper simpleton, okay? I don't understand a lot in life, okay? But it's actually really easy to work. And I love the fact that there's a chance to get some money off my mates. And uh, I do I do enjoy that. And it's attainable, right? You're not you're not betting huge sums of money. It's, um, yeah, it, it's a nice little bit of fun. So I would, if you've not tried it, get involved. And, and, it, and it does it does create uh, some, some decent banter. It does indeed. Um, we haven't really, well, we touched on it. We haven't really spoke about Big Andy. Uh, Gollins vlog, hello Gollins, thanks for the super chat. Says Evening Lads, really worried about Andy being out. Now, he went down right at the end of the game against what? Yeah. At the other end, he, he, I don't know what he was holding his knee or something. He was right up against the advertising hoardings. Mm. Um, it, he's not going to be in the squad by tomorrow. I don't think they've had a, a, an assessment through on that as of yet. Yeah. Um, but. <laughs> I think a lot of people are really down on it. I get it because Big Andy's a f- fantastic player, but we've got Ben Gibson who can go in, and I, I'm not, I'm not minding that, you know. Yeah, no, mate, I, I'm, I'm the same, and um, I, I know that Ben Gibson will will want to prove a point, and, and rightly so. Um, and I think, and I actually think that's good energy. He'll want a clean sheet more than anyone in that backline um, against Luton, and I think, I think he's a great leader to have. Don't people forget that him and Hanley were an absolutely solid centre-back partnership when we when we won the league last time out. The stats are there to, to, to prove that. Um, so, yeah, I, I th- look, I, I think Big Andy is an exceptional talent. Um, he's one of the players in this Norwich team that I'm the most excited about for their future. I think he'll go on to tremendous heights, genuinely. But just like Liam Gibbs, um, you know, let's not forget his age and he's playing every single game. And, you know, it was, it was always going to happen eventually, wasn't it? So, again... You know, not the end of the world. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually pretty comfortable with, with with Gibbo coming in, Jack. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling quite good about that. Um, and and actually, I, I do think it will it will provide some actually, actually, let's be honest, some much needed experience going to what's probably going to be quite an early game against Luton at home. Absolutely. Uh, let, let's talk about a positive. Uh, Josh Sargent, who is now the joint top scorer in the championship yeah, um, and the most goals and assists return. Um, in the championship, eight goals, two assists. Uh, and and the fascinating thing is, Chris, is he hasn't really played in his preferred position barring two games against Middlesbrough, yeah. uh, Millwall and Huddersfield. Um, is, and as Declan says there, is it time to be starting Sargent through the middle and either not with Pukki or with Pukki out wide? I, I, th- I think so, Jack. And I, I think until we've got, until we've sorted out our... <laughs> I think Nunes is actually meant... I know that it's... A lot of people disagree with the whole, oh, he's the next Buendia thing. I actually do think he's got the skill set to become that. And and I'm not going to beat Nunes up this season at all because the amount of games that he's played last season for the other club and also relentlessly this season, adapting to a new country, a new language, etc., 
I think Nunes is meant to be the connector between the midfield and the forward line. But at the moment, it's not quite working. That creativity, that spark isn't there, which is actually arguably why I actually... I actually feel like maybe I'd sprinkle a bit of Todd Cantwell against Luton Jack just to bring Pookie into the game should he start. Um, but for me, everything's going down the middle, but it's it seems to be it seems to be through balls over the top at the moment, which I'm okay with if it works, but I don't I just there's something about Timo. I've said it time after time, Jacket. I don't I don't think it's working at the moment. And I am so I cannot praise Josh Sargent enough. I think the contract he really bright on Saturday. The contract, really yeah, and against Preston as well, mate. You know, um, uh, just the confidence and you know the way he's. And do you know what I like about him, Jack? He's not a sideways merchant. He picks up the ball and he's spraying those forward passes that sort of run that players can run onto, and that's what you want as a as one of your wingers. You want those balls through. So and and. There's not a lot that Sargent's doing wrong, Jack. At the moment, he's able to bring the ball down on his chest. He's able to head it on. But I don't think that link-up between him and Pookie is necessarily working as those two, if that makes sense. It's always someone feeding Josh or someone feeding Timu. So I would like to see Pookie come on off the bench, actually, against Luton. I genuinely would give him a rest. Oh, and you know what? Like, What a brilliant asset to have off the bench. Timu Pookie. Exactly. Like... Exactly. Um, I don't think it's as much of a end of the world situations we're all making out. I don't think we should get too emotional about it. We all love and respect Timu Puki. He's an absolute stonewall Norwich City legend, but he has just been whipped, man. He's playing, he's played every game that Norwich have provided him with and every game that Finland's provided him with. It's okay for him to start, to start on the bench. It's all right. And I think that, uh, Sergeant must start centrally, and this isn't just our opinion, Jack. We've heard this from more educated people in the football world, such well, as we've Darren. heard it from Josh Sargent. Yeah, His, um, he wants to play through the middle. Yeah, and someone else inside the North City circle has, men has mentioned that to me today as well. So uh, I think all of the signs point towards Sarge starting up top on his own against Luton, and um, I think that's pretty obvious to see. But it all depends on that midfield partnership, Jack, because they've said that Hayden's definitely not going to start. But Liam Gibbs was outmuscled against Watford. So it'll be fascinating to see what Dino goes with tomorrow night. It really, really will. Really looking forward to it. And a massive thank you to Jay, uh, dog of the week, profile pitch, who says, after suffering through that first half against Watford, buy yourself some Lakens. I mean, that's very kind of you, Jay. Yes, we really mate. appreciate that super thank chat, you, my Jay. friend. Um, Chris, did I tell you that I've, I've, I'm collecting the Panini stickers for the World Cup this year? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and yes. I'm really hoping that I pack Josh Sargent soon. You've Imagine got, the scenes. Uh, do you know what? Could, it's going to be really weird seeing Josh Sargent score against England, isn't it? Well, and we know it's going to happen. <laughs> will you celebrate? Will you celebrate it if Sargent scores against England? No, absolutely not. Come on, not? no way. Not against my own country. Not a chance. Yeah, but it's our, it's our boy Josh. No, I do look. I'll be happy for Josh when he scores against everyone else apart from England, who. I am worried about. But anyway, let's not talk about England. Something we should talk about, Jack, which is on our agenda tonight, is whether to Chelsea, question mark. Um, well, that was an interesting revelation in the week, wasn't it? Yeah, didn't see that coming. If you haven't, well, if you haven't seen it, you've been living under a rock, but we will fill you in. Uh, I think the first report was from Michael Bailey or Nick Mascheter regarding um, Chelsea are obviously looking for a sporting director and that they were linked with uh, RB Leipzig's former sporting director. They tur He turned them down. Uh, so Stuart Webber is apparently on the shortlist. Um, 
chats have been had between Weber and Chelsea. Um, and that's kind of all we really know. It's gone a little bit quiet over the last couple of days. Mm. I'm, I'm kind of split with this one because, you know, Weber's obviously made his, his, his mistakes over the past couple of seasons, but he's, he's clearly a very astute operator. He, he got us to the position of, you know, um, championship, you know, double championship victory, arguably saved us on the, on the brink of real financial ruin um, and has done a lot of good. But, you know, he's, he's always, I think he's always thought that he's probably bigger than Norwich and that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think you need ambitious people at your football club. What did surprise me, Chris, is the fact that he's been very clear over the past season that he doesn't want to be defined by his career. He wants to, you know, kind of go all in on on his charity work and his mountaineering, etc. And he's freed up time in his Norwich City schedule to try and do that. And now he's being linked with a club who will have far higher expectations than us, far higher demands than us. So what do you want here? Now, I'm not saying don't listen to, to Chelsea, because if Chelsea come knocking, then you listen. But you're either doing one thing or the other. You can't do both. Chelsea are not going to let you go and climb Mount Everest in the middle of a transfer window. That's not happening. So that's what kind of confused me, I think. So it almost makes me wonder, Jack, like whether there is any truth in it, right? Like how how truthful is it? Like was he simply just added to a list and that's what we've been fed? Or was there, you know, legitimately talks between between them? And um, I guess, I guess we'll, we'll we'll never know. I mean, we have it on. Well, the report the reports have been that there have been talks. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think you're right, Jack. It's it is interesting, isn't it? I, just to, just to go back, I think I think I want to go back to your point there about like, obviously everyone did that, didn't they? When the news came out of what Weber's done right and what he's done wrong and stuff like that, and I think I do agree with you on on the whole, Jack. Actually, that there's been a lot of good that's been done by Stuart in terms of developing the football club. But then I also do believe that there's been a lot of things that people have pinned on Stuart that actually was the culmination of lots of other people within the business as well. For example, Ben Pencil, who doesn't get any praise ever anymore. Uh, Kieran Scott, who everyone seems to have forgotten about, who actually helped bring in the likes of Timu Puki, Emmy Buendia. Um, but look, I think Stuart deserves a lot of respect and, and praise for what he's achieved at Norwich City Football Club. I do think ever since that Times article that went out uh, with Henry Winter, I do I do feel like it was all it was almost the beginning of the end and it's sort of and this is the this is one of the things that contributes towards that fan feeling jack is that when you know that someone doesn't com- obviously really appreciates their job at norwich and is and is clearly absolutely capable of doing it exceptionally well but when fans know that someone's in talks with another club it's like hang on a minute what's going on here and it it just does create that um it does just create that vibe of we're not good enough um, and I think that any any fan would be disappointed with that. But you know, fair play. I I, I, well, I, I do think it's worth praising his charity work, Jack. I think it's very honourable. I think it's I think it's fantastic what what he's doing in terms of his charity work. But you know, it absolutely cannot distract from his job on a lot of money at Norwich City Football Club. Um, who do knows? You, do you think? Do you think? Do you think he will become the Chelsea sporting director? Do, do you know what, mate? I don't know. And what? What I find really interesting, we've seen obviously the Norwich City accounts come out today, Jack, and um, which I'm sure you'll you'll talk about in just a minute. But I find the dynamic at the top 
really interesting actually in terms of like I don't quite know where we're going to go or what we're going to do or because obviously you've got you know you've got Atane Arso now now coming to town and I, I have every faith that it's not going to stop at the shares that he has acquired straight away I, I do believe he'll build on those um you know but 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 where does that leave Zoe Ward and um, you know, when will Stuart go and what gap will that be to fill? And then will Neil Adams take over? And is that the right move or not? And so, yeah, do you know, and it's just all of, all of those things culminate to this feeling that we've got as fans at the moment, where it's, it's very easy for us to just blindly be negative about what we're watching on the pitch. But considering what's going on upstairs at Norwich City, I think it's, it's going all right on the pitch, considering circumstances. Yeah, you you mentioned, yeah, let us know what you think of Stuart Weber, actually. I feel really indifferent about the whole thing. And and I think the fact it's gone fairly quiet over the last few days probably means that maybe talks have stalled. Um, I, I must say, I would be surprised if he were to go. I, I would be surprised. Really? If, really? Yeah, really? I think so. I, 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 think Stuart would, I think Stuart would want it. I think if I'm Chelsea under a new ambitious ownership, mm. I'm looking at Stuart and going, I don't think you've got the track record yet. I think it would be a big gamble for Chelsea. But but it's not just going to be him at Chelsea, is it, Jack? It's going to be a couple of them at Chelsea. Like, they're going to get three three big dogs in there rather than just one. So, mm. I don't know about that. But anyway, it'll be interesting to see. Let us know your thoughts on Stuart Weber in the comments section. We'll get them up on screen um a great point from craigo who joined us at watford he signed hayden while up a mountain he can do both there you go mm. maybe we're talking complete nonsense who knows well, uh, yeah, yeah christian fontanez who's oh, watching oh, christian. Uh, of course the home of um of marcelino nunez um lovely stuff um you mentioned there the, the accounts chris um Norwich City released their accounts today, unless you're an, an accountant, probably quite boring reading. Um, I'm well worth, uh, Kieran Maguire is well worth a follow on Twitter. He's a, he's a football finance expert and, and he's kind of broken it down. And there was one key thing that really stuck out to me. And I think often Norwich fans, and I think fans of every club, um, accuse their, 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 their club of, of not being ambitious enough. But actually, when you look at the accounts, Norwich would be very ambitious uh, mm. and have probably pushed the boat out maybe a, a little too far in terms of mm. comfort levels. Mm. The, the key takeaway for me was the average weekly wage. Now, last time we were in the Premier League, the average weekly wage was £31,500. So that's taking all of your playing staff and finding an average. So £31,500. 2022, so Premier League season going into this season, an average weekly wage of close to 46000 Now, granted, in the Premier League grand scheme of things, that's probably one of the lowest, if not the lowest. But that's a huge, huge increase from the last time we were in the Premier League. As well as that... Um, Norwich were, were making huge kind of player trading profits the last few years, the sales of Madison and Wendia, et cetera. This season made a loss. So we've spent more than, than, than we brought in. I think it just, I think the narrative around not having enough ambition, and I think it's particularly difficult when you're in the Premier League and you don't have that kind of unlimited pot of cash. It does seem as if we're not pushing the boat out. Actually, within our, within our kind of resource, we're actually doing a hell of a lot. And, and I think it goes to show as well that often in the Premier League, it's not necessarily like we're kind of doing everything we can in finance. 
we're not the ones broken. It's the system that's probably broken here. I mean, Nor- Norwich have gone in their probably point of view beyond where they would have wanted to go in, t- in terms of spending and they've made things really difficult. And actually it's the system in which we're operating in that, that makes it difficult for clubs mm. like Norwich to, to succeed. There's, there's a couple of points here. Um, yeah, I haven't had the time to read them in depth yet, but I've had a quick skim read today. Um, and this is an interesting one from Paul. £15 million on loan fees. Um, don't don't forget, you know, some of those loans. Mate, and, and, and actually agent fees as well. I think we were one of the highest in agent fees in, in the mm. Premier League which says to me we've been taken for, for, for a ride a little bit. Um, but I agree with your point wholeheartedly, Jack, that surely there's not a fan that says we didn't give it a go because we did, you know, and, and fair play to the board, you know, Delia, Michael and Jones, etc. They opened up the purse. They said, there you go, Stuart, go and spend all that money. We're going to go for it. And unfortunately, um, the, the recruitment team didn't get it right. Um, but, yeah, f- fascinating to see those accounts come out today. And um, I think it was Michael Bailey, didn't he uh, Didn't he tweet Jack saying something like, if Norwich don't go up, if Norwich don't go up, uh, come on, it's still a when. Um, but if we don't, it, it could be squeaky bum time yeah. now. Again, which is interesting because, of course, one of the things that was massively criticised by Stuart Webber when he came in was the sins of the past under David McNally and, and Jez Moxie. But yet it seems that if we don't go up this season, we'll be in massive financial difficulties again. So unless, of course, Atani also bails us out, which I hope and pray he does. But um, yeah, here's, here's an interesting that. one. Point, point 0.25 on the accounts. We're getting really nerdy here, but promise this will be the final point. Point 0.25, contingency liabilities, right? <laughs> you absolutely lose. But listen to this. Additional payments, additional payments amounting to a maximum of £73 million will become payable if certain conditions in transfers are fulfilled. So these are never it's never going to be that amount. But there are clearly parts in certain contracts that say, I don't know, if they make an international appearance, if they make certain Premier League appearances, if they score a certain amount of gold, 73 million pounds extra. Mm. I mean, that wouldn't be ideal, would it? Well, um, I think I think as well, points on points on. Dan Greengrass, this is a, this is a good one. Fifteen million quid covers Kabak, Norman, Gilmore, and Williams. I mean, you do look back, Chris, and you go, "Goodness me, that w- probably one of our worst transfer <laughs> windows." In the- I mean, and they wouldn't have been cheap, Gilmore and Kabak and and Norman. I mean, it, we got it so wrong, didn't we? I mean, we let's bring those up again just to cry a little bit more over that. I mean, Quebec. Do you remember when we were? Do you remember the podcast? He's always at Quebec. He's always at his. I love. I loved how balmy he was. I loved how balmy he was. Mate, kind of, kind of reminds me of Darwin Nunes on the run. Do you remember? Do you remember when he went off on a? He just went off. He just went off on one. I think it was Burnley away. He just decided to just go. Yes, it was, wasn't it? Burnley. Yeah, couldn't be bothered to defend, and you know. Again, Matthias Norman, we thought he was the best thing since sliced bread and has, uh, yeah, turned out to not be. I mean, Gilmore, I don't even want to bring him up because I want to try to get this video monetized. And Brandon Williams was average at best and then ended up sticking his middle finger up when referencing Norwich City Football Club at the end of his career on uh, us on Instagram. So, yeah, it was a complete failure in terms of recruitment last season. And now you look at Milo and Zolis, our two big boy wingers, 
out on loan. Um, by the way, not kicking a ball. I don't think um, Milo's played, I think, eight minutes I read the other day for mm. Galatasaray, which isn't looking glamorous in terms of recouping some of the value that we spent on him either. So, Goodness. yeah, not good. Yeah. Shocking. Um, I want to speak about this man. Luton. Go on. Kieran Dow. Ooh, Kieran Dow. Go, Go on. on. No, you start. I'm... I'm split with Kieran Dow. I, I I think it, I think the issue with Dow comes in the system, and I think it's I think it's um, detrimental to quite a few of our players. We, we're trying to play a system with wingers, right? And arguably, we don't really have that many wingers mm-hmm. slash good wingers. Yeah. Um. And 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 Kieran Dow isn't a wide player. Yeah. Well, look, and I think I- and I think that was one of the reasons why. Byram and Aaron's looked exposed on on Saturday because the players ahead of them kind of aren't wingers, so they're not overly sure how to carry out their defensive duties in that role. So I don't know. I mean, it was a, it was a good assist for the for, for the sergeant goal, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure about Dow even centrally. Do you know it's a big butt, Jack, and I, and and I have been sort of brought to the dark side a little bit on on Dow Aldini. I have to admit because um, my do you know my pet hate in football? The thing that everyone has a thing in football that really, really annoys them. Like it seriously boils their piss. And the one thing that boils my piss in football is not getting the ball over the first man for a corner. Mm. And I'm pretty sure there was at least two corners that didn't get over the first man. Luckily, second half, it was Gabriel Sarah that took them and was an absolutely wonderful delivery into the box. Um but yeah, I, I was. But of course, facts don't care about feelings. He's got that eye, and that's what Smith has said. He's an intelligent footballer. That's what other people in the Norwich City circle have said to me. They've said to me, Chris, his strength is that he can pick a pass. The problem is, is that it's that bit in between where it's like, I think you need. I think Norwich City need more well-rounded players that are stronger in lots of areas at the moment than just. He can pick a pass, but facts don't mm. care about feelings. It was a lovely assist, a very, very well taken goal yet again by the finest export, the finest US export in, in, in Josh Sargent. But yeah, I, I'm unconvinced with, with Daryl Dino, but yet I do think he'll start against Luton tomorrow night. I think Dino is, is very, very in there with Daryl. I think this is nail on the head from Archie. He says, think Dow would work well as a central attacking midfielder with Puki and Sargent up top. No defensive qualities, so why give him those duties? I am becoming more and more keen on seeing seeing quite a narrow diamond. I think it would work, um, but we'll we'll see. And, and I think that probably is my my criticism with, with Dean Smith, is which we're, we're trying to kind of forge players into positions that aren't benefiting them. And that yeah. doesn't quite do it for me, I must say. Although, yeah, yeah, I, I agree, Jack. But then, like a lot of us, well, certainly you and I, and certainly a lot of people watching, will be totally okay if Kenny McLean um, slips in at left back tomorrow night. So, I think it's very easy to say that. Um, what I would say is, um, I, I, I like the fact that at least he's trying different things. He's not stubborn and will just continuously, you know, do the same thing. He's 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 happy to 
to switch certain elements of our team up to try to do better things rather than sticking with the same thing over and over again, which of course is the definition of insanity, which is what we had under, under Daniel Farker under many times in the Premier League. So um, yeah, look, I, I, I'm okay with that. I like the idea of a diamond too, Jack. It'll be interesting to see whether we want to bring the game to Luton tomorrow night or whether we'll try and sit back and not sit back as in park the bus and hit them on the counter, but perhaps he'll play a bit more of a defensive, what I would call a defensive midfield, which will then alter what we do up top because it almost seems like a bit of a luxury to have Pookie and Josh there when actually the reality is we seriously need to bolster our midfield against Luton um, to protect our back line. Right, let's talk about Luton because we, we've we've got them on Tuesday evening. Really looking forward to it back at Carrow. Luton, one of the form teams in the league at the moment. They're unbeaten in five. They've won the last two. They're up to seventh, just three points behind us. So if they were to beat us, which won't happen, they would go level on points with us. Uh, you know what you're getting with Luton. Well drilled, hard working. They've got some talent in there this season. I mean, Lansbury's a quality player. Carlton Morris has been scoring goals out of bios. Exciting. Look, I think this is actually going to be our toughest game of the season. I think they're a better side than Watford. I think they're a better side than West Brom. I'm, I, th- I think we really need to bring our A game here. Otherwise, we, we could get humbled. Um, well, it's, it's, it's certainly what I would call a banana skin fixture. This one against Luton tomorrow night, it's a proper banana skin fixture. We, we, as you say, we need to be on our A game. We need, we need nine and tens, not fours and fives, which is what we got against uh, against Watford in that certain in that first half second half was completely different of course and to be fair Dean Smith you know he this is this is big let's not beat around the bush here this is a big big game it's not a must win I'm not going to laden it with that but it is one of those games where I tell you what before you go into Burnley and Sheffield United three points here at Carrow Road will do wonders for the fan feeling and also for the team to inject some confidence Jack but all the motivation and incentive is there for Luton to, to prove a point. It will be a just like any team coming to Carrow this season, Jack. It will be a marquee win for them if they manage to do it. And that's not me patronising Luton because I because I agree with you, Jack. They're well, they're very well drilled. I think Onel said to me recently actually that Luton were the only team that beat us home and away in one of the title wins under Farker. I think I think that's right. They certainly beat us at at their at their place. Um, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a proper banana skin fixture jacket. It worries me this one. What 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 do what do Norwich need to change then? Because I mean, the, the the fixtures don't get any easier. We we all knew that this was going to be the tough month for Norwich. Well, well Luton tomorrow. It's then Sheffield United the Saturday, then Burnley, then Stoke and QPR. So the next three are really tough. You've got you've got three yeah. of the top seven in there. And as I've said, Jack, on, on our podcast numerous times, October makes or breaks our, our our promotion campaign, in my opinion, genuinely. Because I think that if we come out of October really bruised and beaten up and we don't pick up enough points, you can kiss goodbye to top two. We need to pick up wins in this month. Yes, it's a big month. Yes, we're playing some of the better teams in the league, but this is the time that the boys need to step up. And in terms of what we do, Jack, like you and I have both highlighted that that we need to bolster that midfield. It needs to be stronger. We need to protect our back line. It'll be fascinating to see what he does at left and right back. Will he put Dimmy in? We know that he's been training. Um, and I've been told, I understand that, that, that he is training very, very well this week. Um, the Emperor of Norfolk, Dimitri Giannoulis. Um, it'll be interesting to see whether Dean throws him in or not. 
Um, will Nunes have a good game? I'm not sure. Do you know the thing that I'm I'm wanting? And this people people won't. I know a lot of people won't agree with this. I think a player like either for two reasons. I think Todd Cantwell for creativity to try and link that midfield through the middle, Jack, because. Under Dowell, we just didn't see enough connectivity there. And I think, I, look, I liked what I saw from Todd Cantwell when he came against Watford. You know, twists, turns, created space between the lines and opportunities. And as well, do you know what? I think I'd start an L. I'd put them on the back foot straight away, win a couple of early corners under an L, which he does very, very well, and try and carve out an opportunity early doors. I've actually got the faith, Jack, that we will bring the game to them. Because look at what Josh Sargent did against Preston. And I think that he could do the same against uh, against Luton tomorrow night. Should we bring in the right type of player in that midfield mix? Mm, yeah, it's, it, it, I think the team comes 6.45 tomorrow. I think it's going to be really interesting to see because it, it still doesn't feel as if Dean Smith knows his starting 11 yet. Um, and I think, I think tomorrow kind of feels like a tipping point for the next few games. You beat Luton, a, t- a good Luton side, at home, and you then get confidence going into Sheffield United, uh, Burnley. You, Jack, you, you lose tomorrow, um, and you've then won one of your last six, and you're going into really tough games. So it, I, it, it feels I like it's, it's on a... I, I would go as far as saying it's going to be hostile if we lose tomorrow night. There is a lot of pressure on Norwich City getting points. And I think this is a very good point from Liam T on YouTube. He says, I was at Reading. Just one shot on target was an absolute shower. Now, people might be thinking, why have you brought that up, Chris? It's just a moan. But I think it's a very good point because we saw it against Watford as well. We didn't have enough shots on target. We didn't create enough opportunities. And that's why I think this Norwich City team not only need to bolster that, that that midfield to make sure that we stop things getting to the defence. We desperately need some some better creativity in there. And I think I personally think Todd Cantwell deserves a shot against Luton at home tomorrow night. There we go. Well, we will be there. Uh, really looking forward to it. One more shout for our Betmate League. Uh, you can use that code on screen. F-F-N-O-R-L-U-T. That will get you into the free pot All you have to do is download the app. That link is in the description. It's free to enter with a guaranteed £50 prize pool. Really looking forward to that one. Chris, there we go. Yes, there we go indeed. Um, Just wanted to say, uh, again, obviously a massive thank you to our our partners of of this season. They're they're, they're everywhere on on this this graphic, as we see right now. Lots of offers and things, including 15% off Nor. Lakens have always got an offer on. God knows why, but they are absolutely thriving at the moment. And so will you be after a couple of sips of the old Encore. Um, But I actually wanted to highlight a particular partner tonight, Jack, and that's Norfolk and Waveney Mind, because... Something exciting is going to be coming out on our social media account soon regarding Norfolk and Waveney Mind. Something that you can get involved in. Most people will be able to get involved in. And it's a really, really good, fun thing. So keep your eyes peeled to the Talk Norwich City social media accounts over the next couple of weeks regarding that. And thanks so much for watching again, as always. Absolutely. Um, we will see you on Tuesday night at Carrow for the big game against Luton. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Bye-bye. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit.